Welcome to Exceptional Leaders, a podcast series showcasing exceptional leaders in the business community who are doing interesting, exciting, and innovative things throughout North America. This series is powered by Forward Path Group, leaders in executive search, outsourced human resources, and assessments. Welcome, everyone, to the Exceptional Leaders podcast, powered by Forward Path Group, leaders in executive search, recruitment, and outsourced HR. This is the series where we put a spotlight on an exceptional leader and spend time understanding more about them, their leadership, their success, and their challenges. My name is Andrew Nori, and I'm one of the founders of Forward Path Group and your host for this session, which I'm sure will be both informative and entertaining. I'm so pleased to have an absolutely exceptional leader with me today, Mr. George Rosalotis. George has over 20 years of experience as an investor, entrepreneur, and leader. His career began in private equity, where he was one of the founding partners of TorQuest, which is actually, George, where you and I met. Having achieved great success there, he joined Avante Logics as CEO, where he ran this publicly traded company for several years, making a huge impact and some very strategic changes to the business. And then in 2018, George became the founding CEO of a truly remarkable organization called the Canadian Business Growth Fund, where he leads the strategic growth and management of the company. And if that wasn't enough, George also does a significant amount of nonprofit work and board work, all while, and I know this for a fact because I know George personally, all while being a top-notch family man. George, welcome to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for that wonderful introduction. Appreciate that. <laughs> so let's let's dive into it, George. Um, you know, I obviously gave a bit of an overview about your your background, but why don't you take a couple of minutes and give our listeners a, a, a bit of a tell the tell the story about a, a deeper dive leading up to the Canadian Business Growth Fund, where we're obviously going to talk about that as well. But but lead us up to that and take a few minutes around your background. I actually started before private equity. I started as a CPA with Ernst and Young and uh, did that for a few years and thought you know it was great learning experience and thought I wanted just to broaden my education. So I went back and did an MBA in marketing, actually, and uh, quit my my, my uh, CPA job and did an MBA in marketing and, and then uh, fell into the private equity world and uh, joined with the gentleman you referred to earlier, William Brett Bellsberg, who was, is quite the guru in Canada in the private equity world. And so that was in the dot-com media and joined the, the buyout world. Where everyone was going dot-com, I, I joined buyout and had a wonderful experience and, uh, you know, Part, part of careers luck, part of his skill, and you hope to have a good combination of both. And absolutely. Uh, and Harrison was sold. You know, Harrison was sold to TD Capital at the time, and Brett wanted to start another fund, and he asked me to help him do it. And I, and we kind of worked at Starbucks, kind of writing up the, the plan to raise capital, and it, we picked the name ContorQuest. Uh, literally the day before our lawyers told us we needed a name, we made it up, and that's how ContorQuest started. And it was a wonderful experience. I worked with Brett for for nine years. I, I, nine years as a, as a partner with him and and then the time came where I thought I should go do something different I thought I should go run a company and I see a lot of private equity people that have a whole career in private equity but have never run anything and it me. And I thought if I don't do it now what am I going to do it so I actually quit my partner role with Brent you know I, I told him I'm going to go run a company he got he understood what I wanted to do he knew me quite well and supported me and uh but everyone thought I was a bit nuts leading a partner role with a, a prestigious fund like Turquoise. But I did. I, I left. I had nothing booked or planned. I, I went and started meeting companies and uh, took me 
you know, I met companies for five or six months and narrowed it down. I had 40 of them. I narrowed it down to 30 to 20 to 10. And I found Avante and it was a troubled public company that needed a turnaround and needed a strategic change. And I thought, well, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge, but I, I, I took it on. I put my own capital in and, and took it over as a CEO and uh, thankfully turned it around over, you know, it took seven years from beginning to end, but the first few years just really turning it around, taking it from at 70 people was burning quite a bit of cash and had debt, took it down to 30, got it to break even. And then eventually it looks great at the end when you, you did acquisitions, we built it up, we quadrupled the size of it, paid off all the debt. So, you know, if you look at it beginning to end, it looks great, but there were a lot of trials and tribulations uh, in between. And, and then fast forward to 2000 and end of 2017, uh, the banks, the Canadian banks had gotten together and thought, you know, that they wanted to create this growth capital fund. And, and that arose out of a report that the advisory community of the government wrote saying that Canada needed more growth capital to be competitive. And to their credit, all the banks and three insurance companies got together and said, we, we can do this. And they were seeking somebody to help them start it. And they found me and uh, they liked that I had you know, been part of in the private equity world, uh, that I'd been part of starting a fund before, that I'd been part of uh, actually operating a company in the domain that we were gonna invest in. So I had some credibility and they liked that I'd ran a public company and could deal with the governance of having banks, insurance, and shareholders. And they thought, hey, they, they, they called me up and said, you want to do this? And I said, yeah, this sounds like fun. So I, uh, I left my public company role, uh, found my successor. And then eight months later, we put we signed the documents to raise this fund. And uh, and, and that's that's how it started. So it's a, it's a bit of an interesting story. And here we are three years later. We've done uh, 22 deals now, actually. And We've got to 25 people and we've done 12 follow-ons. We've had two exits and we've, we've started to really make a real impact, which is the passion. I had the passion. I, I could see what this fund could be and it's starting to turn into that. It's going to take more time, but we're, I'm really proud of where we are so far. Awesome. Thank you for that, George. So so give us some, um, what what makes Canadian, Canadian Business Growth Fund unique? Well, what, what what do they do? What's what? How do they how do they operate? Um, give us an overview on, on that. And so the thesis we had coming into starting this was that Canada is great at starting companies. We have a, a great angel network. We have a good VC community. We're really good at selling them. <laughs> we have a really good bio, a deep bio community and, and good strategic buyers, but we're not great at taking companies from small companies to big companies and creating meaningful international platforms. And too often our companies sell too early. And you know, often they get caught in this three to five year cycle, this investment cycle that a lot of firms have. And they get sold and they're gone. And we have these promising firms that never really realize their full potential. And so the thought was, can we create a long-term patient minority capital fund that can back the entrepreneurs and not put a, a, a ticking clock on them? They could, if they wanted to grow for 10 years, they can grow for 10, 15, five, whatever they want, it's their call, but we would not create a suboptimal exit timeframe. And, and that's what we've done, done. So we've created this fund that is evergreen, which is truly unique. It, it does not have an end. And so in theory, we could back a company for a long time and, and wow. never have to sell. And so that's what really drew me to this concept. Because I, when I looked at those 40 companies that I wanted to potentially run, I saw so many of them that could use this type of capital. And in my private equity days, we've seen companies sell early. We've seen that trigger. And, and so we've really managed to back these companies. And, and the second part to this is not only the, the long-term nature of it, but it's the minority part where we're trying to keep those founders in control. We only want to buy a minority when we can buy a minority. 
and we want them to stay in control and go longer at it and to stay in the game. And we're not trying to tell them what to do. We're not trying to hire and fire them. We're trying to help and support them and bring guidance and advice to the table and help them through all the scale-up challenges. You know from running your businesses yeah. that an offer always starts with a small company. They don't get they, you know, they don't get the experience instantly. They need to build it over time. And for that entrepreneur to stay in control of their company from small to big, they need learnings along the way. They need advice. They need a network. They need guidance. And, and so we try and fill some of that gap along the way as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. That does sound very unique. I don't know any other organization out there that's doing anything like that at all, George. I'm, I'm sure it's very unique in the market. Yeah, it's interesting. We've almost taken the pension fund model and taken a couple zeros off it. <laughs> Where, you know, the pension funds don't have this need to sell. They can be a long-term investor. They can do minority. Yeah. They can be patient. But, you know, because they're, they have hundreds of billions of capital, they can't do it at the scale of a smaller, you know, medium-sized company in Canada scaling. And we're doing it in the 3 to $20 million investment range. Yeah. And you're right. There isn't anyone else that, that is doing that. And it's thanks to our, our banks and insurance companies that have created and supported this type of model to allow us to do it. Great. So since January 2018, when you when you sort of took the helm of this organization, how is how has the company changed, George, from the time of its inception um, to where you are now? I mean, obviously you've done you know a significant number of acquisitions, but what are some of the key changes that have taken place over the last few years? It's a good question. You know, this started my first day of of you know, of officially being at, at creating this fund and, and putting it together, um, I had a borrowed uh, 10 by 10 office that uh, CNBC lent me. And it was myself in a room with a computer <laughs> starting a business plan. And that's literally, you know, how that was day one. And, you know, eventually the most important part is finding your key team members, uh, which, which I was fortunate enough to do is with people that I am fortunate enough to know over the years. And we built a really good initial launch team of 12 people and we created a business plan we raised that cap it took seven months to get all 13 financial institutions and our, our backers to, to sign on the dotted line and, and and i know i know you feel strongly about this knowing you for a long time but culture is so important and setting that right early is so important setting your values and mission and vision sometimes companies just start and we don't want to do that and so we spent a lot of time thinking you know what is our what are we trying to accomplish here what is the culture that we want to have? What are the values we want to exude? What are the values of the entrepreneurs we want to back? And we, we, we worked on that and, and started shaping that culture early. And I've been involved in big company cultures, small company cultures, cultures that were broken that needed fixing. And it's a real gift to be able to start a culture from scratch the way you want it. And we didn't, I didn't want to mess that up. And, and so I, I think we did that right from the start. And we've built a team now of 25 people that are aligned uh, we've got it's a great group, and I can I feel like I could send anyone to you to your office, whether they're accountant, uh, support, uh, deal person, and they would exude our brand and our culture to you. And, and that's I'm, I'm quite proud of that. And then that is I think is a key to to scaling because you know we're backing these these companies that are that are having their own scale up challenges, and I'm very open with them. Well, we're scaling too, but we're just like you. We in our own way, like a private equity firm scales to get from from no people to 25 and no no investments to 22 and build the infrastructure, build the systems, and build CRMs and investment management portals and all the things that a normal business would have to do. We do, we do it too. And so we're, we can relate to those entrepreneurs that are scaling in our way. And I think we've, we've managed it well because it's, um, 
building a brand from scratch in any business is hard. And in the private equity business, it's no different. You know, we started yeah. with uh, a name that no one could no one could actually get from. It's, it's a different, it's a, you know, Canadian business growth fund is a di- different than your typical private equity name. But I think we've, we're slowly establishing our brand and reputation and, uh, and, and it's just, it's really, you know, the irony is that we're like any other business at the end of the day, and we're really trying to meet our scale up challenge. Fantastic. What what over the last few years, George, has been the biggest challenge you faced personally in in that in this journey so far, and how did you overcome it? It's a great question. And the, the early on, I was trying to guide the, the public company I was running to a good transition, and I was trying to get an early start on meeting people that could potentially be partners and. And so in the period of, of me announcing that I was leaving the public company I was running and you know, starting, it was a really hectic period in life, um, just trying to figure out the path. Um, there's no manual. There's no business plan. It hasn't been done before. We had the sketching, kind of a literally a napkin sketch of what we wanted to get done here. But really, it was a, it was a new painting on a, you know, white, a blank piece of paper that we had to create. And that's a challenge. That's a really... There's so much white space to navigate and getting to the right answer. And, and, and you know, it's really interesting, the, the role that, that I have is I've got, you know, the biggest, the 10 biggest banks in Canada, three, to name them, it's, it's the big five banks that, that we know. There's there's uh, National Bank and Laurentian and HSBC and ATB and HSBC, Great West, Manulife, Sun Life. So we've got some of the best institutions, the biggest institutions in Canada. And, and you know, that, that is a, a huge uh, benefit and, and branding benefit that we have that we can harness. And, and so they're accustomed to a certain amount of, of process and governance and uh, reporting. And, and I totally understand it. We created that. So we have that on one side, but then we have the entrepreneurs that we're backing that are, they've never had an institutional investor, they barely yeah. had an audit. And so we have that juxtaposition. And yeah. We, manage ourselves like a public company, we, we're buttoned down, we, our systems are reporting, we track every interaction, we do all that, but and then we're backing companies that have not even thought of, that's all a pipe dream to them, and we're trying yeah. to think about how we help them get along the way. So that those are a couple things that are just interesting challenges where you've got to change your frame of mind intraday several times and, and try and relate to all the parties that you deal with. Yeah, it's great. It's an interesting dichotomy for sure. Um, George, uh, how would you define the word leadership and how has your leadership impacted the success of the Canadian Business Growth Fund? It's a great question. Uh, it's a hard one to answer. Uh, I just try and lead by example. I, you know, when we were starting, there's nothing I wouldn't do. To, there's nothing I wouldn't I'd go to the store to buy charging cords for someone's laptop. You, you start, when you start something, you want all hands on deck. And I try to model that. And I, I brought together a team that all feel the same way and all act the same way. And we're all in it together. It's not about me. It's, it's a team effort. And I, I, you know, when we do great things, it's, it is a team that drives it. And, you know, ultimately the leader takes responsibility for things that don't go well. And, and, Hopefully we, you know, we don't have too many of those, but that's just the way it is. And and I just try and you know treat the treat my team with with compassion. And I think we've got a great environment. We have a lot of young families. I've got four kids. We try and 
work with the, with everyone so that they can have their family lives and get to their hockey games. But we work hard, you know, it's, it's a really, our business is hard work. And I think we've got really dedicated people that believe in it, you know, and I think I'm passionate about what we do. I believe that what we're doing, I think we're helping Canadian entrepreneurs. I think we're, their mission is something that, you know, I'm really proud of. And, and, I, and I'm fortunate that I think I've brought a team together that all feel that way. And so it's pretty easy to lead a group like that that's, that's self-motivated that believes in that and, and, and has passion in what we do and so I think I think it's all about leading by example and and we we work hard but we we believe in what we're doing and, we, and really it's the entrepreneur first we're trying to do right by the entrepreneurs and trying to you know have a, a culture of accountability of integrity and just forthrightness where we you know we, we don't we don't sell you know we're 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 very fortunate in that we can meet an entrepreneur and it's just the facts. We're a minority finder. We're trying to help you. We, we don't want to control your business. We're not trying to creep into control. We don't need you to sell. How can we help? Like that's our, that is our pitch. <laughs> and and it's, it's different than some of the other parts of, of private equity where companies are getting loaded up with debt a lot of the times and they can get fired and they lose control. It's a bit different. We just, yeah. we are, we are, we're legitimately trying to help. I feel it, I live it, and I, I exude it, and I think that's how I lead our team, and our team does the same, and which I'm really proud of. Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's talk about the future for Canadian Business Growth Fund. Um, if I, I mean, I've known you for 10 years, but let's say if we fast forward to another 10 years from now, what, what will have changed 10 years from now for the Canadian Business Growth Fund, in your opinion? It's a great question, and we're still very new. We're three years old, and that is uh, – we've got a long way to go. We have a lot of impact ahead of us, hopefully, and uh, hopefully we're just getting started. Hopefully we'll you – know, we're now at, at 22 companies that we've backed. We hope to back 8 to 10 every single year, and, and maybe we'll get bigger. You know, that will, that will be – time will tell. And, you know, I've always told people that the, the impact of this fund won't be known for a long time, and – We'll know, in, you know, when we look back in 10 years and we look back at the companies that otherwise would not have had a chance to scale, but we brought along the way and helped, that's a huge, that'll be our impact. Yeah, it's like seeing your children grow up, you know, it's a wonderful sort of position to be in. Yeah, and we're trying to build it for, for the long term. And we want this brand to be around. This isn't about me. It's about a brand and it's about our banks and insurance companies that put together the capital to do this and, and try to impact the Canadian economy. And, it's, it's just trying to build something that will last. And just like our, the companies we're backing have a longer term horizon, we have a longer term horizon. And we're not looking for what our early wins are or what we've done in two years or three years. It's really what we do. We look back at year 10, we look back at what we created. In year 15, what have we created? It's just a different perspective. And so I try not to get caught up in what we will look like. I'm just I really have our team focus on the impact we're creating today which is really is what will be measured in 10 years from now. Wow. It's very different. In the buyout world, you usually you raise capital, you have five years to invest it all. Yeah. And then you get five years to get it all back. And the cadence is just a lot quicker. You're, you're pushing the pace of, of that company, sometimes a little more than they, a little faster than they would ordinary, ordinarily yeah. do. It, it creates this, this velocity of, of transactions. We're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to, slow it down we want the companies to go fast but we want their thinking about selling to go slow yeah and think about how they build this over the long term and not leave it on the table not leave yeah. not hey, sell hey. their 10 million around you when they could get the 50. 
Yeah, it's patient nurturing capital. Really, it sounds what what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could go back in time and and meet eighteen year old George, what would you tell him? What, what, <laughs> what advice would you give him, George? If you bumped into him, what advice would you give eighteen year old George? Uh, it's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Uh, I. I would have said, don't be as serious as you were. <laughs> um, I was a pretty serious dude and uh, I worked hard in school and I was, I was pretty uh, uh, buttoned down and diligent, and, which is all good. But I, I think that I would have, I would have told myself to uh, chill out a bit. It's a long, it's a long life and a long career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's good. You know, it, it, people often don't, I just feel that sometimes people forget that, you know, to sort of, uh, yeah, you know, sure, you want to build a career, you want to be successful, but you got to have fun too, for sure. And you got to see it. And I think it's worse now with our kids. There's so much pressure for to them to get the, you know, the, 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 the great inflation that's happened, the pressure to get to university, and the pre- they have so much pressure on them. And uh, it's, it's hard. It, it's, yeah. and I, I had that on myself, I think, at, at 18, but, uh, but it's, all, it's all worked out. Well, and, uh, but it's, a, it's an interesting question. Great, great answer. Um, George, how do you find uh, the talent for your business? Like, talk to me about your process. And, you know, you, you obviously scale through people. You have obviously a lot of, I'm sure, financial analysts and a uh, number of people looking at the numbers of a business and the Canadian landscape and the economy. But how, how do you find the people for your, you know, company's growth and success? You're talking about our portfolio companies or us? No, a, for you, for CBGF. Yeah. Well, it's the most important part of what we do. And and you know that more than anybody on, on the street. It's just so crucial to get the right people. And and we, we worked really hard at it. When I when I first, uh, it was first announced that I was going to take on this role, I literally, when I say I got 1,200 emails with resumes, I'm not, it's an understatement. There's more than that. Just 1,200 emails. And that hadn't even started yet. And it's oh, amazing. Get to what, what type of, as I said earlier, the culture that you want had to come first. And then you have to think about the people that fit that culture. Then you have to think about their abilities. And I'm, I'm a fan of backing people with the right intangibles and the, the willingness to learn and that growth mindset and, and the, with the right character, integrity, personality types, and then build around them. And rather than having a perfect resume from the perfect school. And, and so we built a team of those. And, and everyone I hired early had a bit of, had something to prove. Like they, there was someone that, when someone, when I hired them, I'd have a couple people asking, you could have got more senior than that. And, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to hire everyone a level lower than, they, than the role. And because we have a long, long life here, we have a hopefully a 10, 15, 20 year run. I wanted to hire people that, were, that wanted to prove that they, needed that next role and, and, and that's what we did. And, and so we've got humble, hardworking, tenacious people that, that, uh, that, are, that relate well to the entrepreneurs. And that's what, that's what we built. And how did we find them? It's a great question. You know, we had a combination of referrals, uh, recruiters, um, some of our shareholders recommended some people. I had a long history in the industry. So there were a lot of, I had a lot of touch points. And early on, I took the approach of hiring people that I was, one or two degrees of separation from that I could yeah. I could check their character and that integrity side and, and be really confident in it because early on your key leadership team has to be aligned with you that way. Absolutely. And, 
Absolutely. It makes it really hard to hire people from scratch you've never met that, that apply for the resume. It's really yeah. hard to We'll we'll move to the next question. You obviously know we're in the talent business and you're hiring talent. Give, give me one interview question you always ask someone and, and why do you ask that question? What What's one interview question you always focus on when you interview somebody? That's a great question. You know, I... I I always, I, I'm a big fan of, of the, uh, the Jeff Smart school of, of interviewing where you try and get to asking people what their, their supervisors would say about them if yep. you were to ask. And it's always interesting. It always provides really good insights, but I like to know about their background. And so, so we do the, the formal, the more academic kind of going backwards and asking kind of those types of Jeff Smart type questions. But Personally, I like to know where they came from. I like to know their background. I like to know, you know, how they grew up, what their first job was, yep. what their challenges were, uh, you know, what, the, what their struggles were in life, what they've overcome. And I try and get to that in an interview. I, I interviewed every single person until recently. You know, I think from person since one to twenty, I, I had a had a part in it, and, and I met every person from one to twenty myself before we hired them. And now it's a little different. And, and, change out for some of the junior roles but i want to know what they're made of yeah i want to know and i know like i can think of myself like my formative years were really is is early on when you know, my parents were immigrants and, and started a business and i worked in it when i was eight i pumped gas and cleaned windows and and i, I worked long hours and, and and that's that's where i really learned about business and you know, you don't learn that about a person unless you dig into their their background. So I, I'm a big fan of just knowing, knowing kind of some of their roots. It make, makes perfect sense because you you spoke earlier about that culture being so critical to the success of an organization, and and then you know you 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 interview you know your first twenty people, it sets the tone. You know what you're looking for there, right? So it it makes perfect sense. It's that's great. How do you make yourself a better leader on a go-forward basis, George? If you assume everyone, regardless of their success, is trying to always improve, what do you do to raise the bar on your own leadership abilities? What I'm trying, I try and do is, is let the people around me rise up and, and jump, into, jump into more white space. And it takes me delegating more to do that. And making myself less relevant, which is I try I want to do and try and do. And, and, you know, our, my senior leadership team has developed unbelievably quickly in, in three years and they're partners, they're trusted advisors and, you know, they're, they're better at me than the things that the things they're doing. And, and it's really trusting the talent around me that, that is making me and will make me better, I think. And, you know, I, I think that in, in turn, I want them to do the same. And it doesn't come naturally to anyone that's kind of in our role. We're all detail-oriented type A type people that are, that are all over the, you know, all over the details. But sure. it's hard to kind of let that go. But once you get trust with your team, it gets a lot easier. And, and I'm encouraging my leadership team now, in turn, to trust their team, their sub-team. And, and that's how we build and scale our organization. Fantastic. A uh, bit of a fun question here. Um, if you could go back in time to any time period throughout history and have a drink with an exceptional leader, who would you pick to meet 
And what would the beverage of choice be that you would have with that person? <laughs> that is a really hard question. Yeah. Well, there's many, many options. Course, <laughs> right? You know, I'm, uh, I haven't thought, I haven't had this uh, thought through that well, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. And I think sports are kind of a great model for life. And I grew up playing sports. My wife grew up playing sports and I my kids in sports. It's leadership and it's team dynamics and it's, it's personal success, but in a team environment. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Wayne Gretzky yeah. and love to have a beer with him and just hear about his story. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if his drink of choice would be a beer or not, but I, I just, you know, seeing him growing up and the accomplishments, individual accomplishments, the team accomplishments and doing it with class and as a leader and, you know, now you know, being a international representative of some, some interesting causes. I, I, I admire people like that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a, a tremendous individual for sure. For sure. Awesome. Uh, George, um, we'll wrap up here. Um, but I give people a, a chance to learn where, where can they learn more about you and learn more about Canadian Business Growth Fund and, and what you're doing? Um, where, where can they go to get, get more insight here? So we're, we have a website at cbgf.com and we have lots of, of articles and videos and publications of what we do, but we speak to companies directly. And so if there's a company that's interested in hearing what we do, we'd love to, to talk to them. And so you can reach out to us through the website and it's a personal business and we'd love to have a personal conversation. Awesome. Awesome. George, thank you so much for joining us today on Exceptional Leaders. I sincerely appreciate your time. And this is this has been really fun. And I've, I've enjoyed uh, uh, spending this time with you and, and really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. You're, you've been great. And you know, I know you're, you're a huge uh, you know, talent in the talent space and really appreciate being on your podcast. Thanks for listening. This edition of Exceptional Leaders has been powered by Forward Task Group, leaders in executive search, outsourced human resources, and assessments.